Hope Path Podcast is a Bible podcast from 1013 Ministries. We explore topics pertaining to the Bible, Christian life, doctrine, and verse-by-verse studies of the Scriptures. We hope to be a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. The book of Jonah is one of the most underutilized and misunderstood books in the entire Bible. Most people know about Jonah and a whale, but have no idea what else happens in this book. This Bible study is meant to try and fix that. Jonah is in the Minor Prophets, just after Obadiah and right before Micah. It's a small book, but not small in content. It contains major truths about God's nature, the nature of man, hell, prophecies of Jesus, and much more. The book of Jonah has a lot to offer, and that's why it deserves a full-on Bible study, not just a cute picture for kids to color in Sunday school. All right, welcome back to the Old Path Podcast. We are still studying through the book of Jonah. We're still actually in chapter two, but we're going to finish that today. Today's podcast episode is titled, Who is the True God? Who is the True God? So last week, or last episode, we took a break from the story of Jonah, but the last time we were in the story of Jonah, we were looking at chapter two, verses one through seven. And today we're going to be looking at verses seven through the end of the chapter, all the way to verse 10. We looked at how a majority of chapter 2 is basically picturing the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's a really, really beautiful chapter. Now, this episode, we're going to be focusing on how God is so different than all these other false gods that are out there and false religions that are out there today. In respect to the actual character of God, though, we're not we're not really going to be talking about the differences and how other religions are practiced or, or theology or anything like that, mainly just the character of the God that we worship versus all the other counterfeits that exist. But, you know, we have and will continue to point out differences between Christianity and other religions uh, later on to this podcast, of course, uh, just not today. It's important to understand that our God is the only one who can honestly do anything for anybody. He's the, he's the one and true God that actually exists. And he came to this earth as a servant. He died for us because he loves us. And it's important to understand that. All right. So the first point is this. Point number one, our God hears, false gods do not. Our God hears, false gods do not. So we're going to start in verse seven. Remember, this is Jonah praying while he's in the belly of the whale. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. So Jonah prays to God, and God hears him. And this is simple, and because it's such a simple idea, people tend to overlook it. But but honestly, take a step back and think about that. What a privilege it is that our God hears us. All our pains and our struggles and even our happiness, whatever emotion we have, when we pray to God, he listens to us. He actually cares what we have to say. We have direct access to God. And the fact that he even gives us the time of day is such a blessing. You know, we're sinners. You know, I've been hearing a lot lately where people say, you know, you know, I grew up religious and I, I, I left the church. And one thing I can't get over is how I was told I was a sinner. It's, it's like, you know, that's reality. The reality is we are all sinners. There is no way to sugarcoat that whatsoever. The good news is God loves us. And God wants to listen to us, even though we're sinners, and he doesn't owe us anything. Uh, we wrong each other constantly, we wrong God, and yet he still desires to hear from us. 
Now, have you ever noticed like when you're talking to someone that you really respect, you tend to listen closely. We all kind of tend to be respecters of persons once in a while. And when it's someone you respect, you know, you hang on every word. But while talking with someone you don't respect, you know, you just you kind of sit there and nod your head, but you're not really listening. And, um, you know, it's a sad reality, but we all kind of do that. And what could God, who created everything, who has absolute power over everything, what what could he gain, honestly, by listening and lending his ear to a sinner like me? The answer is he loves us. That's That's why he does it. He's not gaining anything. He loves us. He loves us and he honestly treats us better, way better than we deserve and far better than we treat each other. Uh, you know, I love my family with all my heart, uh, but do my actions always show this? No, no, absolutely not. My actions don't always show how much I actually love my family. My my actions sometimes show maybe that I don't. And it's unfortunate, but that's the truth. And I think uh, that's the truth. I think uh, a lot of you guys could probably agree. We don't... Uh, we don't always act like we should, and sometimes the ones who are closest to us, the ones we love the absolute most, they they see the worst of us. And um, you know, I pray every single day that God would help me and love my family and treat them like He treats them and love them like He loves them. Uh, but our God is is a love greater than we can wrap our heads around. Now, no matter what mess you find yourself in, whether you've created it or not. Just pray to God because he hears you. And that is such a blessing. He's right there listening to you. And even when sometimes it feels like he isn't, um, he is there. And the book of Psalms actually paints this clearly for us. A lot of the book of Psalms talks about um, sometimes what it's what it feels like to feel like God doesn't hear your prayers. Some of the, some of the Psalms are pointing out that he does hear. But also, because David's human, you see... There is times where he's doubting if God hears him. Let's just real quickly go through some of these right now. So Psalm 4, verse 1. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. Psalm 10.1 says, Why standest thou afar off, O Lord? Why hidest thou thyself in times of trouble? Psalm 20, verse 1, says this. 20, verse 1 says, the Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. 22 verses 1 and 2 says this. It says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night season, and am not silent. 28, Psalm 28, verse 1. 1 and 2 says this unto thee will i cry o lord my rock be not silent to me lest if thou be silent to me i become like them that go down to the pit hear the voice of my supplications when i cry unto thee when i lift up my hand my hands toward thy holy oracle verses the last one we'll look at is 40 verse 1 and 2 40, Psalm 40, verse 1 and 2, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. So that is just a short little sample of basically what the book of Psalms is like. You know, David goes back and forth all throughout the book of Psalms, if you read through, in regard, in regard to his prayer life with God. 
And you'll be seeing, you know, does God hear me or not? But we know the answer to that is, of course he does. Of course he hears us. In the Psalms, you have David going back and forth. Sometimes he's asking, does God hear us? Other times he's affirming and being thankful that God does hear him and that God's delivered him. Um, this exactly it sh shows our human condition and the things that we go through in our daily life. You know, we go through peaks and valleys as well. We have times where we don't feel our prayer is working and that God doesn't hear us. While other times in our life, we know that he hears us and he's delivering us from all kinds of troubles that we're in. And uh, we know at those times, you know, he's answered our prayers before and he'll do it again. And something that I've learned is we must deal with these emotions, these mountaintops and these these valley lows, you know, every changing emotion we have, we, we need to deal with those. It's not it's not right to just bottle those up and not deal with them. You know, when you're happy, uh, God, God hears you. He hears you when you're happy. Tell him that you're happy. Um, but at the same time, when you feel like he's distant or, or that he doesn't care or, or, or doesn't hear you, tell him that as well. It's important that we're open to God and we pour our hearts out before God because he already knows anyway. It's, it's not like you can hide it from God. So you should just lay it all out and let God know exactly how you're feeling and, and let God help you pick up the pieces. So we'll look at Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 27 through 29. Now, this is when, this is Moses before he dies, before the children of Israel enter into the promised land. So it says, And the Lord shall scatter you among the nations, and ye shall be left few in number among the heathen, whither the Lord shall lead you. And there ye shall serve gods, the work of men's hands, wood and stone, which neither see, nor hear, nor eat, nor smell. But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him, if thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. So notice, these other gods, they can't do anything for anyone. God's pointing that out. You know, they don't hear you. Also, they don't eat. And you say, why is this mentioned? That seems out of place. Well, it's really not. This whole thing about them not eating is really not out of place. All throughout time, people offer food and drink to false gods. If if you go around, I live in uh, Portland, Oregon, so if you go around and you drive around and you go to a different restaurant, all kinds of different restaurants, uh, you'll, you'll see in some of these restaurants that there's these little idols, there's these false gods that are set up, and people will actually, you'll see food going to waste because these people are serving these idols. They're, they're literally giving them like food offerings and drink offerings and stuff like that. So, you know... You say, didn't the children of Israel do sacrifices and offerings? And the answer is yes, but those pictured the coming sacrifice of Jesus Christ and our reconciliation to God. That's completely different. You're not feeding something or you're not expecting something to actually come down and eat your food or something like that. Let's just, let's just talk about that just a little bit. So in Psalm 50, verses 8 through 14, it says, I will not reprove thee. For thy sacrifices or thy burnt offerings to have been continually before me. I will take no bullock out of thy house, nor he goats out of thy folds. For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountains and the wild beasts of the fields are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine, and the fullness thereof. Will I eat the flesh of bulls, or drink the blood of goats? Offer unto God thanksgiving and pay thy vows, 
unto the Most High. So none of the sacrifices that the children of Israel were doing in the Old Testament, none of those were were like placing food down as if God really needs us to provide him something. And like we actually think we're providing sustenance to God. That's not what they they, they weren't pretending that somehow they were giving dog, uh, give, throwing God a bone, right? Or, or adding value to his life in some way. You know, the sacrifices magnified God's grace to us. That's what they did. Much different than these little food sacrifices that you'll see in like restaurants. So point number two is this. Our God cares. False gods do not. Our God cares. False gods do not. In Jonah chapter two, look at verse eight. It says, they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. See, our God is merciful. We see this all over the Bible. But those who observe or adhere to lying vanities or false gods, it says they forsake their own mercy. See, the mercy of God is available to all. But the sad thing is most people reject that mercy. Most people that you run into are not saved. They reject the mercy of God. Uh, and then they try to find mercy in some other way any other way besides God. They try to please some other fake God out there. Um, and by doing that, essentially they're losing out on the opportunity to have the one true God's love and mercy. Uh, it's important to understand that they do it to themselves. Anyone who lives without the true God is choosing to accept some other counterfeit, plain and simple. You know, Christ, he's available to all. He died for all. He made salvation easy. And yet... People choose to make things harder on themselves. They choose these, these counterfeit gods. You know, Catholics observe lying vanities. Muslims observe lying vanities. Mormons observe lying vanities. And when people reject the true God, they voluntarily, and seriously, they voluntarily destroy themselves in the process. We must, of course, you know, be sad for these people. We must weep for these people. But we must lovingly show them the heirs of what they believe. And it's it's not hateful to do that. You know, because God doesn't want even one of them to die and go to hell. He wants them to trust him alone and stop trusting counterfeits and be saved. And maybe you hear this. and Maybe you're a Muslim or a Mormon or a Catholic. Please understand that your belief system is false. And I don't say that to be rude. I say that because I love you. I want you to get it right. I want you to be saved. You're trusting in lying vanities. And you're forsaking your own mercy. You're forsaking your own mercy. You're forsaking the truth and the simplicity of the one true God. Just frankly, these, these false gods, these counterfeit gods, they do not care about people. God cares about people, but not these false gods. So in 1 Kings chapter 18... 1 Kings chapter 18. I want to look at this story because this fits what we're talking about. We're going to look at 1 Kings 18, 22 through 40. It's a good chunk of scripture, but it's important. So verse 22 says, Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. So this is the battle of Elijah versus the prophets of Baal. And right here, it, it, it doesn't matter that Elijah is alone. Verse 450 prophets of Baal. It doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is Elijah serves the true God. That's what matters. And the prophets of Baal don't. No matter how many people are for something, that does not by default make it right. And no matter how few people are for another thing, 
that doesn't make that thing by default wrong either. Verse 23. Let them therefore give us two bullocks. Let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on wood and put no fire under. And I will dress the other bullock and lay it on wood and put no fire under. And call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, Choose you one bullock for yourselves, and dress it first, for ye are many, and call on the name of your gods, but put no fire under. <clears throat> so Elijah issues a showdown, if you will. He's, he says, you know, let's see who the real God is. Let's do this. Let's see who answers by fire. And what you can take away here is Elijah has great confidence in the Lord, and we should too. We should have great confidence in our God. Look at verse 26. Verse 26, it says, verse 26 says, And they took the bullock, which was given them, and they dressed it, and called on the name of Baal from morning even until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered. And they leaped upon the altar which was made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is talking, or he is pursuing, or he is in a journey, or peradventure he sleepeth and must be awakened. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their manner with knives and lancets till the blood gushed out upon them. So the prophets of Baal are cutting themselves and crying to a God who does not hear them. And because of this, Elijah mocks them. Oh, how intolerant, Elijah. Well, you, you, you know what? We do need to love people. We really do. But, but that doesn't mean you can't show someone how wrong their views are. We got to get this out of our head that we just have to accept anything and everything for the sake of not offending someone. Sometimes people need to know that they're wrong. So when you have 450 men jumping up on the altar, cutting themselves, bleeding all over and screaming, you should speak up. You should tell them that is the loving thing to do. Today, we have people destroying themselves by trusting in false gods as well. And we should speak up. We shouldn't be quiet about it. It doesn't mean you have to mock them like Elijah did here. But if you truly believe, listen, if you believe that you are right for being a Christian, for believing in Jesus, and you believe that these other people are wrong and that they are going to spend an eternity in hell. Listen, we can't fathom eternity. Eternity. It's forever burning in fire their entire existence after this life. If you believe that's going to happen to them, you need to tell them they're wrong. That is the loving thing to do. Verse 29. Verse 29 says this, And it came to pass, when midday was past, and they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that there was neither voice, nor any to answer, nor any that regarded. So, of course, you know, we've already talked about how these false gods can't hear you. But notice here it says, Baal didn't regard the prophets of Baal. He didn't regard them. All they're cutting themselves and yelling and praying, it's for nothing. It's for absolutely nothing. Their false god doesn't come uh, to, to rescue them. He doesn't care about them. He doesn't care if they all bleed out and exhaust themselves by calling out to his name for hours and hours. And, you know, I'm thankful to serve a God who truly does care about me. He really does. And 
this story, unfortunately, gets much worse for these men who trust in Baal. Look at verse 30. Verse 30, if you're following along. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones, according to the numbers of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, <clears throat> excuse me, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order, and cut the bullock in pieces, and laid him on the wood, and said, Fill four barrels with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice, and on the wood. Just in case you don't understand what's going on here, he's, he's, he's making it harder. I mean, he's already saying that the true God is going to send down fire and light the sacrifice. That's already miraculous enough, but he's, he's actually making it harder by pouring a bunch of water on it. And he said, do it a second time. And they did it the second time. And he said, do it the third time. And they did it the third time. And the water round about the altar, and he filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, the true God, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. I, I love that expression, by the way. He licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces. And they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And then what happens? Well, and Elijah said unto them, take the prophets of Baal. Let not one of them escape. And they took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. So that's it. You know, they all die. You know, if only they had a God who actually cared about them. You know, the good news is for us that our God loves us. He really does care about us. And you see his mercy all over the Bible. So lastly, the third point is this. Our God delivers. False gods don't. Our God delivers. False gods don't. So we're looking at the last two verses of Jonah chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that, that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Salvation's of the Lord, of the God of the Bible, Jesus Christ. You know, people turn to false gods and they turn to all kinds of imposters to make it through this life but the truth is only god can deliver us uh the news right liberal or conservative it doesn't matter the the news and the news media they can't deliver us from our troubles you know doctors teachers they can't do it they can't deliver us even our spouse can't deliver us our safety and our well-being truly lies in the hands of Jesus. All of our trust needs to be on him. There is no salvation in anyone else but the Lord. And that, that, that is both eternal salvation and physical salvation right now. It's all in God's hands. He's the only one. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other 
For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Oh, you Christians just think you're right and all other religions are wrong. Yep. Yep, exactly. And uh, I, I mean, I'll, I'll admit Christianity is it, it, it's exclusive. I mean, that's not meant to, meaning to sound arrogant, but it's the truth. Christianity is exclusive. The Bible does not teach this ecumenical nonsense where it says we all just make it into heaven no matter what you believe. It, it's not true. Christianity is exclusive. So, yes, I, I do think I'm right, but that doesn't make me better than you that, that I, I love you and I want you to be right as well. Because Christ is the only way to be saved. But at the same time, Christianity is exclusive. It's also inclusive. Anyone can be saved if they truly wanted to. All other religions teach something vastly different. They teach you, and if, don't just take my word for it. If, maybe if you're listening to this and you're not a believer, look it up. Because a lot of people say, what's, what's the difference between Christianity and other religions? This is it. This truly is it. These other religions teach that you must live a certain way or please a certain God more days of your life than you displease him. But that's not how it works. The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. That's it. And even though it's that easy, still many people die and go to hell every single day. It's because they trusted in someone or something that could not deliver them. Look at Jonah 2 verse 10 again real quick. It says, And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. So God delivered Jonah, plain and simple. And even though Jonah had been so disobedient to this point, we saw that he prayed to he prayed to the Lord in repentance for how he acted, and God heard him and delivered him. Amen. Notice he spoke to the whale he had prepared for Jonah. Uh, and at God's command, the whale vomited out Jonah. See, God controls the entire universe at will. To compare God to any false god is just, it, it's silly. It's, it's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. All other false gods fall flat on their face in comparison to the majesty of our God, in comparison to the glory of our God. Our God controls everything. So in 1 Samuel 5, we have this story right here. Verses 1 and 2 says, And the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer unto Ashdod. When the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. So the Philistines stole the Ark of the Covenant from the children of Israel. And the, the Ark of the Covenant was used in the most holy placement in the tabernacle, and it represents God's presence with the children of Israel. And the Philistines thought it was reasonable, thought it was a, a good thing to place it next to their false god, Dagon. And look at verse 3. It says, And when they of Ashdod arose early on the morrow, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. And they took Dagon and set him in his place again. And when they arose early on the morrow morning, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the ground before the ark of the, ark of the Lord. And the head of Dagon and both the palms of his hands were cut off upon the threshold. Only the stump of Dagon was left to him. Therefore, neither the priest of Dagon nor any that come into Dagon's house tread on the threshold of Dagon and Ashton unto this day. So 
This image of Dagon, their false god, can't even stand to be in the presence of God. Literally, it fell down, it fell down straight onto its face in front of the Ark of the Covenant. So this is quoted quite often in Philippians chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. It says this, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So just like Dagon fell to his face, everyone one day is going to bow the knee to Jesus Christ. Everyone who scoffs at Jesus and God right now will one day bow the knee. They will. And they will know that they denied the only person that could deliver them from an everlasting hell. God wants everyone to be saved, but they have to be willing to trust him and stop trusting in false gods, false ideologies. And they also need to stop trusting in themselves. Many people trust themselves today. So in conclusion, Christian, understand that this is serious. We must help people understand that whatever people are trusting in that isn't Jesus Christ, they got to let that go because it's only going to destroy them in the end. And we should be happy and thankful that God hears us, but let's tell the world as well. Let's tell the world that God wants nothing more than to hear them call upon his holy name and ask for salvation. That would make God so happy. And we should be happy that God cares for us. And let's also tell the world that they can have that same exact care. Tell them that somebody does love you. God, the creator of the universe, loves you and he cares about you. And we should be happy that God delivered us. He delivered us eternally and continues to deliver us from our trials day by day. You know, let's tell the world that God can help them by delivering them from an everlasting hell, first off, but also that he can deliver them from those day-to-day -day trials that they are going through, that we all go through. So I hope that this was a blessing to you. Thank you so much. I'm happy that we are done with, we're halfway done with Jonah now. It's a short book, but we're halfway done. Um, I thank you so much for listening. I hope that this has been a blessing. Can you please share this with anybody you know uh, that would that would get a benefit from this? Show me that this is worth the, the study and putting this together and that it's worth it. Please let me know. Reach out to me on social media. Reach out to our Instagram, uh, 1013 Ministries at Instagram. We're on YouTube as well. Uh, just reach out and just let us know. It, has this been a blessing to you? Because I really hope it has. It's it's truly been a blessing to me going through this and studying all this out and seeing what a fascinating book the book of Jonah is. So until next time, God bless. Talk to you soon.